0: Do good, be happy, but how do we do that in the middle of our regular routine of kids complaining and laundry to fold? How do we live well, do good, be happy with big jobs and full lives? Well, I'm Polly Campbell, and that's what we'll talk about here on Simply Sunday. Have you ever experienced a change in your life? Maybe you went from single to married, or signed up for a new class, moved houses, had a kid, gone on adventures that you've never had before. And those kind of changes, the good and the bad, can feel uncomfortable to us. My friend Lisa is going through this right now. She just moved to a new town in a new state. She's making new friends, new grocery stores, even finding new drawers for the spatulas right? Everything is new. And those kind of changes, that kind of novelty, puts us into a state of discomfort for sure. It can feel unsettling and upsetting. But Lisa understands why she opted into the move. There's better opportunities. She's closer to family. And so even though this move has proven uncomfortable, like any change is, she also knows that this is an opportunity for growth. Lisa is in a state of optimal discomfort, and that's where good things happen, and that's what we're going to be talking about today on Simply Said. I'm Polly Campbell, and this is the program where we talk about practical ways we can live well, do good, and feel happy. And today, we're talking about optimal discomfort, the way we can grow through change and find really fun and interesting ways to move through the transitions in our life. Listen, often we are feeling fatigued or burned out or unmotivated not because we're doing too much, but because we are bored with what we are doing. We become so familiar with our routine that it no longer feels engaging or interesting. Humans are expansive beings. We like to grow, we like to learn, but it's not always comfortable. I was there last year, I was enjoying the work I was doing, but it felt familiar. It wasn't improving. I wasn't engaged in the way that I often am in my creative work. And the work I was doing didn't require the same degree of learning and effort that it had the years before when I was still learning and expanding and trying new things. Ultimately, that was not very motivating. I was tired. I wasn't fired up to go to work. So this year I wanted to raise the creative bar a bit for myself. I wanted to take some chances. And by chances, I don't mean bungee jumping or even roller skating. (laughs) I am not all that adventurous. Those things are plenty challenging for me. But I mean by pushing my own creative boundaries, by doing things I was interested in, but things that I knew nothing about, like podcasting, for example, Trying new things, even though the risk of failure was high because I wasn't experienced. And the learning curve was gigantic because I know nothing about podcasting or writing fiction or the other things I'm experimenting with. And that lack of familiarity, that newness is incomparable for show because I'm making a lot of mistakes. I'm getting frustrated and nervous about putting things out there in the world that may be less than perfect just because I have so much yet to learn. I'm working long hours. I'm not making much money, but I love the creativity I'm feeling. I love the expansive nature of the work. It's compelling and interesting and exciting, and I feel engaged and curious and motivated and uncomfortable. I'm not exactly sure what I'm doing. This is the state of optimal discomfort and this is really where we want to be. We're uncomfortable, yes, but we're not overwhelmed. We feel capable. We know that like Lisa, with practice and learning and exploration, we can get through the uncomfortable part until things become familiar again. That's where we want to be because this is the place where growth occurs. Years ago, a therapist, and yes, I have been in therapy many different times in my life, and I love it. I think we should all be in therapy. I think humans are fascinating, and I think we are fascinating. And what better way to learn about ourselves and work through that than working with a professional to help illuminate certain corners of our life and our psyche and our experience. So I'm a big fan. Anyhow. I was working with a therapist and he suggested we look for ways to create optimal discomfort for our daughter. Kids, he said, need to be in situations that they have to solve, things that they don't know about yet, that they don't know if they can do, but it's a safe environment for them to learn and practice. The situation isn't clear cut for them, but the stakes are fairly low. So as parents, we know they're not in any real jeopardy. For them, this newness, this experience that they don't know how to deal with exactly is going to feel uncomfortable and they may struggle, they may throw a fit, they may want you to take over for them, but if you allow them to be in this state of optimal discomfort, they will work through it, they'll solve it, and they will learn how to do it better. They will become more skilled and more capable of living their lives. And this is ideal, right? Because we want our kids to know they are capable of managing without us. They're going to live a longer time without us than they are with us. And they need to be able to do it on their own. So this kind of optimal discomfort allows them to grow and they become more resilient. They become more capable in their lives. And they know that they can prevail despite the adversities that come their way. I think we all need to be in this place. Think about it. Have you ever done the hard thing ever run a marathon or had a work project to complete that that seemed to be above your pay grade that required a a huge time commitment and a lot of learning in order to put this in play? Did you ever learn a new language? Did you have something to accomplish where you felt overmatched and out of your league and uncertain and maybe even anxious at times, but you kept working at it, maybe worrying about it, maybe you didn't sleep much for a few nights, like when you're starting a new business? or raising kids, but all the while you kept learning, you kept persisting until you completed the job. And when you got there, when you wrote the book or completed the painting, you felt powerful and awesome and amazing, right? At least in that moment. When I wrote my first book, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I knew I wanted it. I knew I was excited for the challenge. I was also completely freaked out by it. I had lots of sleepless nights, but the whole process was about working and learning and doing the best I could with what I knew in the moment. And in the end, I wrote a book that I'm proud of. And that process from beginning to end with all that worry and uncertainty was one of the most satisfying professional experiences of my life. Optimal discomfort requires us to struggle a bit, but it's not a struggle that's so big that we feel threatened or overwhelmed. It seems hard, but not too much. It's just enough of a challenge for us to manage. And in that discomfort, we become better. We get used to it. We know we can survive. And that's where the good stuff happens. But you know what? We rarely allow ourselves to sit in the discomfort. We don't like to be uncomfortable for obvious reasons, and instead of embracing those moments and using the lessons that they hold, they're hugely motivating, right? Because when we're uncomfortable, we're willing to do the things it takes to not be uncomfortable anymore. Um, Before I lost some weight, I was really uncomfortable in my body, and that feeling of discomfort motivated me Not to feel that way anymore, right? To go to the gym and get in shape a little bit. Um, When I was uh, frustrated and familiar with my work, that feeling of discomfort motivated me to try some new things that have been really illuminating and fun this year round. But we feel uncomfortable and we numb ourselves or we try to move out of that place or we stay where we are because we think the change will be more uncomfortable than sitting in the routine, sitting in the familiar aspect of our lives, right? What I'm suggesting today is we need to put ourselves into those unfamiliar situations. When we do, that triggers a a unique part of our brain that releases dopamine. Dopamine is from the reward center and and that's nature's happiness chemical, right? That makes us feel good. So that part of our brain is activated when we see or experience new things. We cannot feel that good unless we're doing something different. So instead of numbing ourselves and fearing the change that's going to occur anyhow, I think we need to embrace it. We need to look for the optimal discomfort. And when we do, we are rewarded with these good feelings. Okay. I think we need to move into these places of optimal discomfort, not only so we feel better, but this is where the growth occurs also. It's in that high percentage of time when we are feeling like something needs to shift and we're the ones to go do it. That's where growth occurs and that usually leads us to the next possibility in our life that that is meaningful and enriching. All right. I'm not just asking you to jump out of a plane without a parachute. There are some ways to make this transition process into these moments of change and novelty a little easier. right? And this is what Lisa's dealing with. Lisa, my friend, had this big move. There have definitely been challenges. There's been a lot of discomfort along the way. But it's optimal discomfort because she's very clear about why she made the move with her family. So know your why. When we know what we are trying to accomplish in our lives, we can tolerate our own craziness. We can tolerate the moments of feeling unsettled, the moments when we lay in bed awake at night, ruminating and worrying, right? Because we know at the baseline why we are doing what we're doing. There's a bigger method, there's a bigger reason, a greater goal. That's why when you're going to make a change or move yourself into these places of transition, It helps to pick things that matter to you. The podcast matters to me. So I am willing to put up with the discomfort that learning all this technical information and all this other stuff to do a good job, there's a lot I don't know, but it matters to me. So I'm eager to learn and willing to work during the process. Communicating these messages and bringing uh, hopefully value to others matters to me. So I can tolerate the uncertainty that comes with not knowing if it's going to be well received, not knowing if I'm going to fail, not knowing if it's going to work or not. Parenting matters to me. And there is a whole bunch of discomfort that comes with that and the, the daily parenting choices. But I can line up behind that uncertainty a lot easier when I, want, when I understand what I'm working for. Ultimately, that's to help my daughter become the person she wants to be, to be a happy, healthy, contributing member of society, right? So when you know the why, it's easier to stay in the discomfort instead of trying to flee from it or trying to stay in your comfort zone or numbing with alcohol or shopping or work or whatever it is that we use that we don't have to feel uncomfortable. Stay in that discomfort. It's easier when you know why you are doing it. Then plan what you can. We are put off and we will avoid any uncertainty because it makes us super uncomfortable. Yet to grow and learn and engage. We've got to get used to it. Often we hesitate before facing a challenge or struggle. We wait until we muster up enough courage before taking any risk. And what we're really afraid is the unknown, and there's always going to be unknowns. In a study conducted by the American Psychological Association, the most common stressors we face have unpredictable outcome. Parenting is not a sure thing. Jobs are not sure. Things, writing a book, you don't know if it's going to work or if people are going to like it. Marriage, not a sure thing. Relationships with other people. There's really nothing we can count on except for our ability to manage. And even though the tough times are going to come our way, we can get through it. So prime yourself for that kind of success. Is there anything you can do now to feel more comfortable in the uncertainty? Lisa, after her move, is keeping in touch with her old friends. She's reaching out and making new friends. She's doing what it takes to build some comfort in the discomfort. When I wrote the book, I studied. I practiced a long time before writing the book. I prepared as much as I could. I had done the research. I knew what I was talking about. I had interviewed the experts. And I was prepared as much as I could to write that book. So even though I wasn't sure how the process would go, I felt very capable in the information I had to write about. Prime yourself for success. There's so much we can't plan, but we can always choose our response to whatever comes into our life. Plan what you can and go forward from there and you will have an easier time dealing with the discomfort. See optimal discomfort as a sign of your strength and resilience. How we label and talk about the things and the experience in our life influences how we feel about them. So pick a powerful label. If we continually think about change and talk about change as being hard, and oh, this is I don't know how I'm gonna get through this, and this is really difficult, you will have a difficult experience. How we explain and define our experiences changes. How we feel about them and our emotions and our feelings about them determine how well we go through them. Kelly McGonigal, a health psychologist at Stanford University has done research into this and she has found that stress itself is not bad for you, but it's how we label the stress that causes the biggest damage to our body. So she looked at people who learned to tolerate and embrace the body sensations that come with stress, maybe the sweating or the racing heart. And when those people viewed those physical changes as energizing or signs that their body was raising up to help them meet the challenge, they did better. They weren't as stressed, they were more active and able to deal with the discomfort and prevail. The people who, had a harder time dealing with their stress saw those symptoms and those changes as dangerous or bad things. So instead of the racing heart being a sign of their excitement, they saw it as something that was dangerous or bad and they had a harder time dealing with the discomfort, right? So how we label our experience goes to how well we tolerate them. So when we begin looking at our own discomfort as optimal, right? optimal discomfort is an adaptive way that helps us grow and learn and become more resilient and do fun things and be more excited and engaged in our life because of the novelty. When we see optimal discomfort as a sign that we are strong and capable, it becomes a lot easier to deal with and a whole lot less upsetting. Discomfort can be a sign of good health. Optimal discomfort is a sign of growth. Athletes know that in order to run a marathon, they've got to run a little bit further each day. And they train, but often that last mile in the training is hardest of all. But they're preparing, they know that last mile isn't gonna kill them, even if it hurts, even if it's uncomfortable. But it puts them in a state of optimal discomfort because in that last mile, that's where they're getting stronger and developing greater endurance and stronger muscles and experiencing growth. It hurts like heck until we build up that muscle. But in the end, it's such a capable and powerful feeling to know that even in that discomfort, even in that last mile, we are getting stronger and better and more resilient. That contributes to our self-efficacy, which is the belief that we can handle our life, that we can deal with the situations that come our way and simply knowing that makes us more resilient. See how these things wind around each other and they help us? When you recognize your capability, when you know that you are amazing and vast and that you can be uncomfortable and still thrive in the situation, you can step into your life in a big way one that feels fun and meaningful and fulfilling, one that feels a whole lot less stressful no matter what comes your way. Let's do that. We can do this. I get so fired up about this because I think we are prone to sit in those negative feelings and think we are little and small and less than and we fill with self-doubt. It's normal to be uncomfortable. And what is also normal is for you to rise up into it and change that situation because we are expansive, powerful creatures. You have got this. And that brings us to our Simply Nifty segment where I talk about some of my favorite things, the practices and the books and the videos and the people and the things I use to really live well, do good, and be happy. You know, we spend most of our lives avoiding uncomfortable feelings, but to do that, we have to close off our lives and limit our experiences and do the same old thing over and over. And I think that's uncomfortable too. So sometimes I have to remind myself to step into the moment. And I help myself do that sometimes by using this mantra. And it goes like this. You have discovered that the best opportunities are the ones you give yourself you have discovered that the best opportunities are the ones you give yourself. And that reminds me that I'm in charge. I can stay sitting on the couch if I want. I don't have to go outside. I don't have to try a podcast that might be a complete flop or write a book that some people are bound to criticize. I don't have to be in relationships where I open myself up to love and new friendships. But it'd be pretty lonely and pretty isolating not to have that kind of growth in my life. So I'm willing to deal with the optimal discomfort to go forward. And when I'm feeling really afraid, or I'm feeling weak, or I'm feeling like I can't do it, I say that mantra. I think it's simply nifty. You have discovered that the best opportunities are the ones you give yourself. And that's true for each of us, right? We can expand into our full self by moving forward into these places of growth. And that brings us to the simply start segment. You could simply start with that mantra. This is the segment where I give some tips about how we can move forward in this today. Repeat the mantra as you're taking on something new. Or try this practice to simply start. Take a minute, take a deep breath, pull out a pen and paper or sit at the keyboard and answer this question. What would you do if you weren't afraid? What would you do if you weren't afraid? Would you write the book? Would you get on Match.com and start a new relationship? Would you introduce yourself to somebody new? Would you apply for the promotion? Would you enroll in the course? What would you do if you weren't afraid? Then write down three things you can do to start moving toward this thing. What's it going to take? If you're going to enroll in college, Find out when you need to have your application in and start applying today. If you want to set up an online profile, look into the best program that has people that you might want to meet. Find out what the job description is for the promotion or when the application process began. What would you do if you weren't afraid? Then write down the three things you need to do to start moving toward that thing and then do one of those things today. Right. Remember on one of the earlier programs, we talked about small wins, that even incremental progress gives us motivation and momentum to continue on. We're going to trigger that today. I know there's some discomfort here, but it is also enriching and engaging and enlivening and animating, right? That's what our life should be about. What would you do if you weren't afraid? Now, do it even though you are afraid, even though you're uncomfortable. Prepare as much as you can, write down what it's gonna take to accomplish this goal, and then get started today. Get a small win today by taking one of those steps and simply start. Optimal discomfort, it's a place of growth and opportunity, and we can do it. You have got this. Let me know what you decided to take on. What ways are you expanding into your life and using your optimal discomfort to really thrive? Let me know. You can contact me on my website, www.imperfectspirituality.com, or track me down on Twitter at p.l. Campbell. You can also find me at Facebook. I'm Polly Campbell, author, speaker. I'd love to hear from you. What did you decide to take on despite your discomfort and how's it going for you? And that's it. Thanks for listening to Polly Campbell Simply Said. If you like what you hear, please drop me a good review or subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast. So nice to have you here. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get out of here today and live well, do good and be happy. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric acid. Electric acid. Electric acid Electric acid Welcome to Tuning In to Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonise your mind, body and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning In to Sound Wellbeing today. Electric Electrocast.